Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Rising Sun Podcast. I'm Dean Howell. Hey, uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, then you kind of know the drill if you haven't. And I think that I'll probably have some new listeners, viewers on this episode. My guest has quite a following on, on LinkedIn, so some 20,000 plus, and he's a close friend of mine. But if you if I'm gonna if I do have these new listeners or viewers, I just kind of want to break it down for you. There's really only two versions of the podcast. So you have the Rising Sun podcast. And I do both numbered episodes, which is what we're doing today. And that's where I have on one of my friends or somebody that I find very interesting that has a great story. But at the end of the day, somebody that's been really successful in life. And most of the time, like all of us have overcome some adversity to get there. And then there's also a version where it's just me. And that's what I call the R check. And so the R check is a reference to the Navy, where we do preventive maintenance, and most of those checks on our gear are scheduled. And, the, you know, there's some periodicity, maybe it's monthly or, or yearly or semi-annually or whatever. And um, an R-check is one that's as required. And so the R-checks are when I just get on because I have something that I want to talk about, something that made an impression on me or that has been on my heart or on my mind. And so I'll do those periodically kind of in the soft spaces between the numbered episodes. But today we have a numbered episode, and I'm super blessed uh, to have on uh, Enrique Acosta, uh, a friend, a mentor uh, of mine. And uh, we'll get into it as we kind of start the podcast. But somebody that if I kind of look back at my life and career, you know, you have these people that that are there at kind of turning points, right? At tipping points, if you will, of your of your life and career. And Enrique was certainly there, um, you know, in Hawaii that provided a lot of mentorship and, and gave me an opportunity to excel and exceed when I was there in Hawaii. So we'll get into all that, man. Enrique, hey, thank you for joining me today on the Rise of Sun podcast, man. Oh, my pleasure, brother. This is the, uh, uh, something that's been in the works for a while. I'm so glad to have reconnected and, and then share this time with you. Absolutely. Hey, so let's, let's get started here. And, and for a lot of people that, that listen to the podcast, or even if you don't, I always start here, man. And, and that's your origin story. So in my own personal experience, and then based on all the people that I've talked to, not just on the podcast, but in the course of my professional career, you know who you are, and it sounds cliche or, or like, yeah, no shit, Dean, but like who you are today is directly attributable to kind of like how you grew up and where you came from. And so when I when I ask my guests, like, hey, man, share your origin story, uh, it kind of sounds like a superhero movie, but that's kind of how I feel about it, you know. Um, but, yeah, Enrique, if you'll walk us through kind of like where you're from, how'd you grow up, and how you found your way to – uh, to the Navy eventually. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's try to <laughs> shorten that right there. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll start with, uh, I was born in Puerto Rico. Um, I remember my house vividly. It was literally four wood walls, mm. uh, a wood floor, a little wood, uh, like three steps onto mm -hmm. nothing but dirt. Wow. And so that was, uh, we had a zinc top. Uh, if you've been to the Caribbean or any places like that, there's these wavy metal sheets and uh -huh. they put them on top and they 
slam them up uh, against each other and, and hope the rain don't get through. <laughs> uh, but that's that was my first recollection of a of a home. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a wide open and one room had a curtain, no yeah. door. It was just a curtain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and so that that's where I was born and, and raised to about five. My mom took off, went to uh, New York, Long Island. Ended up in Manhattan, ended up in the Bronx, and the Bronx is where I ultimately grew up. I went to a high school that had junior ROTC, nice. and um, and and that's where it really started. Uh, I always was. I am the oldest of ten. Oh boy, children. Uh, so my dad had some, my mom had some, and all together it's ten. <sighs> but um, but I'm the oldest, and in hispanic culture the oldest is basically an extension of the adult (laughs) right you gotta cook early you gotta know how to clean early you gotta take care of kids you gotta and so i was doing that so responsibility was pushed on me very quickly uh it was a common day thing and so when i went into junior rotc i found my home i was like this is it right order discipline everybody's sharp looking everything's ironed you know and by that time in high school i you know sold all my clothes i ironed all my clothes i washed all my clothes so i was like at home yeah um i I was destined to go to cornell and 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 then go into uh rotsi there and become an air force officer that's what that's what it was holy cow (laughs) Yeah. That's what it was supposed to be. <laughs> but uh, 11th grade, my mom pulled chocks and went back to Puerto Rico. Wow. 11th grade. And so I'm back into that scenario that I started with. I mean, there mm-hmm. were still homes like that. Um, Talk about going back to third world almost. Wow. Uh, from growing up in, in New York. And um, we we went from an apartment you know school all that stuff to a no joke renovated uh nightclub that they mm. turned a neighborhood nightclub at that it wasn't even yeah. a nice ritzy one <laughs> <laughs> it, it was when we got there it was a barn it had a barn door i mean yeah. we opened the doors <laughs> wow <laughs> we i mean i had it all lined up and so all I knew is that within a year I was out of there. And so yeah. went back to the air force recruiter, not, not officer this time. Cause I didn't go, but I needed to get out of Island. I mm-hmm. did. Um, everything around me was, um, it just not was good. It wasn't good. Right. It wasn't yeah. good. So I knew that that was not me. And so I said, let me go to the air force recruiter. I took the ASVAB just to get out of the school <laughs> and, and, and get this done. Cut a 45. AFQT. Okay. Now, if you know anything about that, that's not high. <laughs> that's not high. Yeah. And the Air Force, they didn't care about your your individual scores. Mm-hmm. They just wanted a, a 50 AFQT or higher. Right. I didn't cut it, right? So mm-hmm. I went next door. It was the Navy. Yeah. And the, and the guy's like, hey, what's going on? I said, hey, I just went next door. <laughs> they said they don't want me. You want to take a crack at it? <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, hey, well, let's talk. Yeah. Navy considered individual scores because mm-hmm. that's how we rate for the schools. 
Right. And lo and behold, my math, science, and uh, uh, and um, comprehension was charted, right? All, right? all at the top. They were like, oh, my goodness, you blow the score for AG. Right. Aerographers, mate, weather yeah. people. Uh, out the water, man. Yeah. And I was like, really? Huh. Like, okay, let's go. Cool. <laughs> that's how i that's how i ended in the navy it was yeah. it was one of those things and now we we just had went through hurricane and uh uh hugo mm -hmm. hurricane hugo whooped us at the time right yeah and i said you know it'd be nice to go get into a field that i can come back mm -hmm. and help my island out right. in terms of being able to forecast and all this <clears throat> yeah big grand idea uh-huh um uh, never went back. Mm -hmm. Never went back. Matter of fact, the time that I did go back, I, I got mugged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good. Go back. Yeah, it was no good. So I should have got the, the the cue the first time. But um, so spent 26 years doing AG work, meteorology, oceanography, hydrography, yeah, anti-submarine warfare. Yep. Uh, and and it was just amazing. And yep. so we we. Uh, my career in the Navy started in Hawaii. Right. My career in the Navy ended in Hawaii. Yeah. So it's what they call a bookend career, right? Yeah. You start and you end in the same place. So, uh, and it was beautiful because the command I was a junior sailor at is the same command I came back as a senior enlisted. And, Holy cow. Uh, yeah. what, a, what a beautiful way to end uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we met, right? Uh, Absolutely. In Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's pretty cool and not to get too into the, the weeds with it because, you know, there's there's things that we can and can't talk about. But I think one of the things that's lost on people a lot of time is when you talk about aerographers, mates. And then you mentioned like anti-submarine uh, warfare and like you have to have like been in the Navy for a while to understand what that means. And I'm not asking to explain. That's just kind of like an inside thing, like. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, man, like AGs, like they're doing ASW, like pretty important ASW work also. Like without them, it gets a little shifty, you know? So yeah. I always thought that was interesting, man. Yeah, and so just I'll, I'll kind of um, take it here and kind of tell the story. So I got into Hawaii, young senior chief, you know, uh, wet behind the ears, uh, a PSCS, and for me um, – you know, I, I was a PN, kind of same thing. Like, I didn't even, like, go to the Air Force recruiter's office because, like, uh, <laughs> but um, I had done three years of college and then decided to join the Navy and uh, really high AFQT uh, score. I had, like, a 92, but I'm colorblind. And so, you know, it, was, it, it is what it is, right? And And my intentions were never to make a career out of it either, right? My intentions were to um go into an admin field and then get out and go to law school and join the family business basically because uh you know my my brothers are attorneys and my, my stepdad's an attorney and all that stuff but you know uh the you know the universe has other plans for you right and so mm -hmm. here i show up to, to hawaii wet behind the ears senior chief and um and honestly, man, like you, you just kind of took an interest in me and, and like, 
it, it was perfect timing for me. And I, you know, I've always, I've, I've told you, thank you, but I just want to tell you this kind of publicly and on the airwaves. Like I was kind of in a place where I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep doing it. You know, um, I'd made senior chief at like 12 years and I was looking at like, I was looking at it like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this for another eight years. And I just come off back to back sea duty. And quite frankly, I was exhausted. I was tired, you know, and, um, and you know, you, you kind of like came to me and said, Hey man, like, let me show you some things, young whippersnapper and like <laughs> kind of turn me on to things like the, the CPO scholarship fund and, and just kind of like having a bigger perspective than just what the regimented kind of Navy um, way of doing things is. And as, as I really trace it back, you know, the, there's, there's been several kind of like indicators, several things that, that built to me starting a podcast and, and kind of moving in the direction that I'm moving in uh, long-term. And certainly our interaction and, and your mentorship in Hawaii had a big part to play in that because like, you 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 show me that there's more to it than just like waking up, put the uniform on, do do the plan of the day, and then go home and, and do it again the next day, right? Th there's opportunities that exist even while you're in uniform. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate you saying so if if there's anything folks can actually do in terms of imparting a little bit of wisdom is opening people's eyes, right? If you can open their eyes just a little, right? It's just like going down a corridor and, and there's green grass and all kinds of stuff on the side. But if you don't open them up uh, just a little, you, you won't catch the colors. And so in life, there's just too many colors to negate. But as it would be, circumstances in our lives kind of just makes us you know blindsided or or put the blinders on because the, the the opposition just too too much right a lot of sea time for a lot of sailors it's it's detrimental yeah and they unfortunately go in rates that demand that from them it's part of kind of like the description kind of like when we were deployed and and my heart always went out to the engineers yeah those poor guys didn't get to see a thing. Yeah, they just work. <laughs> they just work. Yeah. And um and and so it eats through you. Now there's other rates like, you know, AG, we're the first ones off the ship, right? Yeah. So, so I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> but you know, they always say pick your rate, pick your face. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh but there is so much more. Um I'm blessed that at the same time while I was kind of living out my best life you happen to come by to witness some of it yeah and you know take something out of it I, i'm uh you know i'm blessed yeah for sure man and um you know i i think that we it was really a special time in hawaii if you think back on it too because it was um you know pre uh obviously pre-pandemic like Let's let's talk about it like things were just different and hopefully we can recover to those, you know, some of those places again. But like, um, you know, the, the threat looming over the horizon was not as intense as it is right now. Um, and that chief's mess, the island wide chief's mess was just tight. I mean, tight. Like they wanted to do things together, you know, I mean, 
if you were in K-Bay or if you were at Joint Base or wherever you were, like everybody wanted to do things together, you know? That, that you just said that with my hair stood up, right? Because I, I remember, and you know, this is, this is a, a homage to, you know, uh, Mark Sabal, right? Mark, yeah. uh, Command Master Chief Mark Sabal at the time was uh, Region Hawaii Master Chief. And Mark was just one of those Command Master Chiefs that just knew who it was that was going to be the next thing. Yeah. And just ran with it. And yeah. so, so it started with Mark because had Mark not been there as a command, uh, you know, master chief at, at the region level. And mm -hmm. we saw everybody else that came yeah. after him. Yeah. There were no others. Yeah. They, were, they just weren't any others. Yeah. At least in the time that we were there. So right. Mark uh, spearheads this. Um, at the time, it was the cow, the chief. Yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs on the waterfront. The waterfront right? Yeah. Chiefs on the waterfront, um, um, which uh, a couple of Master Chiefs <laughs> took offense <laughs> to, and they should have. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But um, the Chiefs on the waterfront, the whole vision around that was to unify the mess on the island, island-wide. Mm -hmm. That's something that hardly can happen sometimes on a ship, let alone command to command. But it, it's important for the person at the helm, right? Who's mm -hmm. leading these efforts? And Mark was just the best person at the time. Yeah. And so he, he, we, we had a chat and he says, Hey, I got this thing I want to do. And uh, you know, when you hear Mark say, I got this thing I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Basically he's already done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just, just, I need you to, to do it, <laughs> but it's, it's happening. I need you to say yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, he says, let me introduce you to uh, the Admiral. Now, AGs are familiar in the Admiral space, right? We, mm -hmm. we brief four, three, two, one. Right. And, and uh, on a daily basis. So it's not a real big thing for us to go yeah. talk with the Admiral. Right. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go. And he says, hey, Admiral, um, this is the guy I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hold up, Mark. What's <laughs> going on? He said, I, <laughs> yeah. He, he already knows about me. And yeah. so, and, and we just said, you know what, let's just go. And I'm, I'm that kind of guy too. I'm like, look, is this for a good thing? Because if it is, let's go. I'm, right. I don't even have questions on it. Yeah. And so we did it. And you remember, bro, that mess anywhere you went. Yeah. We all knew each other. Yeah. You went to a K Bay golf tournament. Mm. All the chiefs knew you. Yeah, I mean, I could not go anywhere on the island and not and somebody not say, "Hey, Enrique." Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, it was like that, and I was just like, "Wow!" And so we took over the island. We, I mean, yeah, the the mess drove the navy there, man, and it 100%. was amazing and just a glorious thing to see. I mean, we did things on the weekends together. We did. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, it was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to really come back from that, you know, and I, I think that, you know, it can be recreated in a place like, let's say, Yokosuka, Japan, right? It can be recreated here, but, you know, that pandemic really set us back so far because what it did was it, it splintered 
these traditional kind of alliances that happen during initiation. And so right. if typically like everybody on the installation would have participated with CFA and now you've got, you know, 60 selectees and 400 chiefs and it's, you know, you're doing these big deals. Um, COVID kind of like drove everybody apart. I mean, we had to, we had to separate. It was what was mandated to us. And, and just like, I think that a lot of people have found comfort in, you know, being in their little bubble, right? And so I think that um, it's going to be hard to bring it back. And I don't know that we'll ever recreate that that same vibe that we had in Hawaii during those years because, man, it was like, and if we're being totally honest, we were playing a little loose and free with fundraising and some stuff like that. <laughs> hey, they gave us the keys. <laughs> yeah. They gave us the keys to Cadillac, man. Oh, oh. We can do khaki ball at the Marriott. Okay, well, let's do khaki ball at the Marriott, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. but I mean, it was a good time, man. And I think that what one of the, so I'll tell you this and I want to say thank you. And then also just kind of talk about, um, you know, Mick Pond Bushy. And I want you to talk about him a little bit because I know that you have kind of a special relationship with him. And I'll tell you, first of all, thank you for introducing me to him and allowing me the opportunity to have interaction with him through the CPO Scholarship Fund. And then I've, I've kept up with him and, and actually invited him to talk to my selectees during COVID, um, you know, over a Zoom call. And I, I mean, he's my hero. If I'm being told, like, if I'm being 100%, like, I, I kind of model my leadership style after Dwayne Bushy, even if it's not very politically correct these days, right? But um, but you know him a little a little more than I do, even. And can you talk a little bit about about Dwayne, man? How awesome he is. Yeah, well, you know, those individuals that get the opportunity to serve at the highest level of their branch, right? Those, those, you know, command sergeant majors of the Army, Marine Corps, make pawns, make pogs. Uh, those are very special people. Yeah. Now. Have we had some that, you know, for one reason or another, maybe could not completely fulfill that role? It takes a special somebody to execute through that whole entire period as McPon. Yeah. And there's there are very few um, that just, you know, can hold their weight against <laughs> Dwayne. I mean, yeah. uh, McPon Bushy is – he he's the he's the oldest now right he's the yeah. oldest now yeah um and there's one there's one older and and you know <laughs> he's hid so well that we just don't yeah. <laughs> even can recall him yeah um but um but nonetheless Dwayne Dwayne um is one of those individuals and if you look at um Mick Palm Bushy's uh life um it's it's not all rosy. Yep. You know, he 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 had family tragedy and um while you know in doing his stuff and it's uh it's hard. But the one of the most genuine down to earth uh loving man, you know, grandpa and 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 and, and father and and husband that you're going to meet and it we we were blessed at the time to have him as Mick Pond, 
and we're still blessed to have them still with us. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I'm, well, you know, uh, I, I don't shy from reaching out to anybody. Yeah. I, the other, not too long ago, I reached out to Obama to be on my podcast. <laughs> right. So I, I love it. I go for the stars. Man. I love it. I love that, man. Hell yeah. yeah I go for the stars. So, um, we were, we were, I was, I was dubbed the head of the, you know, CPO, uh, um, the birthday and, 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 and all of that. And so yeah. I said, okay, who can, who can I get down here? Mm -hmm. I was at the swamp, Mississippi. And, uh, who can I get down here? And, and I said, man, just look, see if one of the Mick Palms will come. Uh -huh. It's not, it's hard to get, there's no, there's but so many left, right? Yeah. And they, yeah, and they get booked so, quick. And they book quick. So yeah. I was like, hold on. It's early. Yeah. I'm going to talk to him right now. Yeah. And I did. I, I reached out to him. I got a hold of him. And I said, Mick Pond, it would be my honor to, to, to have you here. We'll, we'll have a, a room for you. We'll, we'll, and we hooked it up. Yeah. And, you know, he, he had his own house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Love what it. we did. Love he, it. You know, he was on Gulfport, but he had his own nice little house by himself. Yeah. And um and, and I was his driver. And I yeah. said, I'll take you anywhere you want to go. I'm taking leave if I need to <laughs> when you come down. Yeah. And um and and I and I treated him right, but he did us right. He came by and 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 so I guess because of how he was treated, and not mm -hmm. that anybody didn't treat him well, it, it but as well because he the way he is. Um we just I just kept communication with him. Just Every time I thought of him, I would send him a message, right? And he gave me his phone number. I had a, and then, um, uh, and then he told me about the CPO scholarship fund. I started getting involved. And then obviously that solidifies it a little more because now you're, you know, helping a mission. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, when I met him back in, uh, it was a uh, 2009, I believe, um, if, if not eight, um, it, uh, you know, we just kept, kept communication and yeah. and they don't shy away from that i mean i have all of them on my phone yeah. right and i'll uh, i'll uh i'll write them every once in a while just a simple text whether i get something back or not yeah. hey i'm thinking about you i hope you're well you know yeah. and uh relationships um that are fostered and and cared for uh they thrive and yeah. uh and i've been i've been blessed i i cannot imagine um that I would not, that I would not feel blessed as I am because I get to uh, speak to a lot of them and yeah, Dwayne, uh, Bushy, McPawn Bushy, and McPawn Hurt are both a part of uh, my advisory, yeah, um, for for my company and that's uh, it's just it's just beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful humans, yeah, that got to serve at that high level, man. Yeah, I want to ask you this, Enrique, because you're a master. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to prop you up a little bit, but I just, I'm being totally honest, man. Like you are a master of relationships. Like I've just seen it. I've seen the way when we served together in Hawaii that you fostered those relationships. And then, you know, in retirement, you've done the same thing. And, um, what, like, what's your trick or what's, I guess, what's some advice that you could offer somebody like me, um, and, and, and my listeners 
about how to really kind of like build and foster professional relationships that feel personal. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I take a very humble approach to life. Uh, and by that, I mean, is I'm very conscious that I'm one breath away from eternity every second. Every second I get to breathe in, breathe out, um, I'm just appreciative of it. Um, there's a lot of uh, counterparts. There's a lot of friends. There's a lot of family that I thought would be here today, and they're not. Yeah. Um, so that I get to, right, that I get to live is a blessing on its own. What I get to do with that is my payback to God. And so when when I treat life like that, um, I'm very conscious of the things that I do. Now, in in relations to uh, my fellow human beings, everybody needs love. Everybody. Even the most heinous of criminals need love. Yeah. Matter of fact, even the heinous of criminals feel love mm. towards somebody. Mm. Right? And so... If you treat people from that capacity, and it may not be a, obviously a, uh, uh, a sensual love or anything like that, but sure. a basic love, a basic one, you can connect. Mm-hmm. You can connect. Now, I happen to have the type of uh, <laughs> just charisma, mm-hmm. and, and it's just part of me to engage people in conversation and things like that. Um, and if you add more to that, that element of being interested mm-hmm. in, instead of being interesting, sure, um, it also facilitates that type of coming back and forth. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm not afraid of positions if it means me meeting you. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, For for one reason or another. Um, And, you know, the chiefs usually are not afraid of much (laughs) interaction with anybody uh, at any level. Right. Right. And so uh, so you there's elements there that have obviously piled on to who I was originally as a happy go lucky kid that can get along with everybody. You know, typically the peace, the peacemaker. And the joker, right? Because I joke around a lot of yeah. folks that are listening. Uh, don't get around me and not expect to laugh because <laughs> we're going to do that. And, yeah. um, and so so there's no real uh, um, trick or, or, or key to it mm-hmm. except that if you treat people the right way, yeah. you'll gain friends, right? Right. Uh, yeah. The good book says if you want to, if you want friends, be friendly. Yeah. <laughs> How simple is that? <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah. yeah. No, I love it, man. And so one of the things that I, I agree with and, and that you said just now was that be interested, not interesting. And what I found not only in my daily interaction with sailors and fellow chiefs and admirals and captains and everybody that you end up dealing with in a senior enlisted uh, leader position, Air Force and Misawa, all of these different interactions that I have. And then all the interactions that I have with 
some unlikely guests that I've had on the podcast is that I have a genuine curiosity about people. I want to know about them. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know what their biggest struggle was. I want to know how they found success. And it's really like purely curiosity. It's because I want to be interested. And what I've found is that the more interested you are in people, then the more willing they are to share and the more willing they are to be open and to establish those relationships. So I really wanted to key on that, man, because I think that I think that's what a lot that's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants to be recognized and not recognized with like a medal in your chest. They want to be seen, right? They want to be heard. Acknowledged, right? They want to be acknowledged. Right. You know? And I think that that's that's uh one of the things that maybe society needs to work on, right? Is is like, hey man, when you when you're having a conversation with somebody, like just stop. Like stop and really like focus because that might be exactly what that person needs right then to change the whole trajectory of their life is just one person to be genuinely interested in what it is that they're telling them, you know? So that's what I try to do. Yeah. And and for most people, if you, if you are in conversation and let's say you didn't listen to 80% of what they said, right. But there's something that struck you as odd and you say, hold up. Now you said, yeah. So-and-so, how did you get to that? That it changes the whole conversation. Mm. They they will they won't ever know that you didn't, but now they became the focal point of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And ha- we hardly ever get that. Yeah. You know, so that's where folks do need to uh focus on a little. Instead of this, um, you know, fly by night or passing by kind of, hey, how you doing? And and before you even say anything, they're gone, right? You're like, (laughs) I was okay until you came by and asked me that. (laughs) Right. There's nothing worse than like, and and I used to hear this from sailors on the ship, you know, it's like, um, there's nothing worse than like that person that walks by and says, how you doing? With no intention of hearing how you're doing. (laughs) They're just walking. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> they just keep walking, you know? I, I've got like a funny story. So we were, I forget why we were at the hospital, man. We were at the hospital for something. I was on leave in, in Texas. It might've been when I had my bicycle crash. I don't know. Anyways, but we're walking down the hall and, and uh, this this kind of older gentleman, not really old, but older than, than you and I, he's kind of walking. He, he doesn't look like visibly upset or anything. And um, we walked by and and, and I, I asked, I said, hey, how you doing? Just as a greeting, right? And he goes, fucking terrible. It <laughs> just kept walking. <laughs> I was like, oh, and my kids God. were there too. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, should we go check on him? <laughs> right? Landmine. You know? Landmine. Yeah, total landmine. And, uh, but the thing is, most people aren't going to say that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's become this this thing where, hey, how you doing? Don't ask unless you're ready to hear, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then and then if somebody does need to tell you, even maybe they'll tell you, man, I'm doing amazing. I'm having the best day. My girlfriend, you know, just said, yes, I proposed to her, you know, I, I won $100 on a scratch off lottery ticket. I found out that I advanced like 
it's a fantastic day. Like, you're not going to hear that most of the time, though. Most of the time, it's going to be like, eh, it's not going great. <laughs> well, okay, come on, let's talk, you know. So, um, yeah, I think those conversations are important. And then I think that, you know, they become a very important skill to have when you move into later in life. And if you, if you do some things like you, whether it's consulting or, or coaching or mentoring in a, in a professional sense, I think that those, those listening skills become even more valuable because in the Navy, we're just, you know, it's just what we do. But when you're professionally coaching someone, having that skill set is going to be important. Well, I tell you that I, I started in the Navy. Uh, when, when I was in service, I started. And so I believe that that is why I was able to do as much as I, I was able to do. Uh, I remember a master chief, he called me, this was before I went to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. He calls me over and he's the claimancy master chief, right? So he's like the region Hawaii. So he says, mm -hmm. I need to talk to you. I said, okay. <clears throat> he says, uh, you're going to get orders to Hawaii. I said, all right, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to go. Back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he says, yeah, but, um, you're going there with the expectation that you're going to die there. And I says, what? Yeah. You, that's it. You, that's, that's it. You, you're done. And I'm like, huh? Because I'm looking for nine, right? Yeah. He says, but let me tell you something. Look outside. Hmm. And you'll see the opportunities. And I was like, whoa. I remember coming home and telling my, my wife. I said, yeah. Because she was like, hey, I, <laughs> I, I, I basically got told we're going to paradise to die. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, what? <laughs> I said, no, like my career. Like, yeah. Like it's done. Mm -hmm. And she goes, what? I said, but we're going to Hawaii, so who cares? Let's yeah, go. let's ride. <laughs> although, yeah. I mean, although, and and you were there, you witnessed. So mm -hmm. I was telling my son the other day, I said, Joanne, I'm my oldest son. I was just kind of like reminiscing back, and I said, the most prosperous years of my life as a sailor were the last three in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. The first year, I got awarded a NAM, right? And for a senior enlisted, the second year, consecutive, mm -hmm. second year I got awarded a COM. Mm -hmm. Whoa. And third year I got Emerson. Yeah. And I don't know any I, that I know personally, any senior enlisted in three years get three personal awards back to back to back. Yeah. And scaled, right? Right. And so when I reflect on that comment, um, yeah, I, I didn't make nine to the surprise of the whole world. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, what just yeah. happened? Yeah. Right. But that three years was the most successful I have 
ever had in all of my 26. Yeah. It was just amazing, right? And not because I was amazing. That was a product, obviously, of teamwork. Mm -hmm. It was awards that were results, right? We were in Hawaii. We did uh, we did uh, the cow and and then the cag, right? Yeah. It, it turned to to the cag. Yeah. We we had we had events. We did the wounded warrior mm -hmm. first thing first event ever. We it, that thing was an island wide event. Yeah. All the chiefs were involved in that. Yep. And you know and so we just if if I because I, I the way I say it if I'm gonna die. There's going to be DNA all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. You're going to know I fought tooth and nail and I, yeah. and I did, I gave, I gave it my best shot. Yeah. Um, it, it did. And, uh, that was where it ended, mm -hmm. but, but man, what a way to go. I mean, it is like a movie. Game. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, at least from my perspective, outside looking in, you know, and, and again, like you, you go back to it and I think, wow, man, like Enrique didn't make nine. Like everybody's like, Oh damn, you know, <laughs> but I think that, and, and I think you'll probably attest to this, that that three years, like you just said, was like your best three years, but also how much did you like learn during those three years that, that set you up for such immense success after you've retired? Because you learned that like, I need to give it everything I got. Even, even if I don't see you know, this, this potential in advancement to the next pay grade, I'm still going to give it everything I got. And and that's what you did. And I think that everybody really respected that. Everybody was like, man, like it's real tight as an AG, first of all, you know, and even though we thought that you would make it when you didn't, you didn't get down. You were just like, Hey man, like, you know, more, more, more money, more problems. You know what I mean? Like you just, you just kept going, you know? And I, I always, I always was really impressed by that. And I think that it's kind of, you know, you've continued as you, as you've moved on. Um, so yeah, man. So you're in Orlando now, right? Yep. Okay. How's Orlando? Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse world. How <laughs> is that? man? This is the, the giant playground. Right? <laughs> Just where kids and adults come to play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, so, man. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, coming here was uh, and and the interesting is so I started and I went from Puerto Rico. Uh huh. Boot camp was here in Orlando. Oh, you went to Orlando? Come on, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then they shipped me out, right? Uh, yeah. So my first duty station is Hawaii. My last duty station, Hawaii. And that's what I was saying. It's a perfect yeah. bookend. I mean, like literally boot camp to first last the boot camp really. Right. Wow. That's crazy, um, man. You know, it doesn't, it's not here, but, but there's a huge Navy presence here still. Uh, there's still a Navy base and there's still a big, uh, community here for, mm -hmm. uh, simulation. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of things going on here that the, that the Navy is involved with still. Right. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, we chose here for our sons, but the opportunities here have been amazing. It's yeah. been amazing. But, you know, like you said, I just followed suit from Hawaii and just did it over here. Yeah. And the funny thing is, um, we left Hawaii September 19th. We got here the 20th, mm -hmm. 
by the by the twenty by the twenty third or twenty fourth, I was already meeting with the mayor of my town when I was going in. Stop it. <laughs> I love it, bro. I love it. I, I love up, it. I showed up in my whites. Yeah. I was still on uh you know on terminal, so I was still valid. Yeah. I showed up in my white. I, I met with the mayor of the town that I uh-huh. moved in. Uh, we went to St. Cloud, right? Okay. And uh, and sure enough, I'm meeting with the with the mayor in, in like three days after getting here, and um, and I go to the front uh, receptionist. She was a chief. Stop it. Oh. <laughs> What's up, sister? <laughs> I was like, no way. It it was just it was just amazing, right? So yeah, I, I say that because there's a lot of people that are, you know, on the verge of this is their time. This is their time to transition. This is the time to go somewhere else. And for those that are listening and maybe you're two or three years out, it's still the same. Do so transition is, is this thing, this great beyond out there right. for, for those that are in, right? Because you just don't see it yet. And you're not right. really even interested in it, but guess what? It's going to come. Yeah. The, the good thing about uh, this story is mine is that I made it my own. I made it my own. Um, I didn't wait to people get me in this or that. Mm-hmm. I, I knew where to go to. Right. And if I was going to a town and needed to know whoever it is that was uh, in charge, mm-hmm. I, I, I went straight for the head. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah go talk to the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got to meet the, I, look, I was, I was, I remember being in the, in the local Walmart mm-hmm. and running into the commissioners, right? The county commissioners and the city council. And yeah, they would know me. Hey, Rick. I didn't have anything to do with them or yeah. their jobs or anything. Yeah. The thing is that I gave them the time of day and I yeah. let them right. right. This right here is a superpower out here. Mm. People not using it. Mm. When I showed up in my whites and all those people saw me, right. They knew that in their town, they had a new veteran mm. and a lot of vets come to their towns and they slip away. That's an interesting perspective, man. It really is. It feels like, and and I'm, look, I'm guilty of this too. You know, like I'll say this, I've, I have committed that I've committed that I won't work for the government again. Let's just put it that way. Like once the time comes, like I, I won't work for SRF or the Navy or DOD or I ain't working for the government anymore, but if there's opportunity to do things that serve the military still, whether it's like consulting, you know, leadership training through like khaki or somebody like that, I'm game for that. But um, I think that so many veterans, they, they kind of run from it. They, they like take the uniform off and then they like take it off and they don't really even admit that they were a veteran. Even if they did 25, 26 years, they're back in some small town where that small town needs that presence of that responsible adult in the room. And I think a lot of us kind of run from it, you know? And you don't have to be military, you know, but guess what? 
it ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't going nowhere. Now, right. I'll tell you that unless God wakes me up at a certain time, I don't get up. <laughs> I stay in that bed until I, until I, I until my body says, you got enough, brother. And then I wake up and I thank the good Lord and I boom yeah. out my business. Right. But so, you know, I'm, I'm, it, there's some things that do fall by the wayside. Yeah. One thing that cannot is that, that legacy that you bring as a service member. Right. People are looking for that in their work sites, in their cities, in their counties. They're looking for that. Yeah. And you have that already. Man, if I could tell everybody that was getting out, one thing that will really get them in a good position, when you get out, go visit and meet with your mayor. Yeah. I'm, I promise you, something's yeah. going to change by the time you get out that office. And then keep communication. Just keep it up. Listen, bro, you just inspired me. Like, um <laughs> Like I know the town I'm going to in Texas once it's once it's done. It's a small town, uh, Jasper, Texas, which is a couple hours north of Houston. And um, you just inspired me, man. So I, I'm gonna take it a step further, though. Like I'm gonna go meet the mayor, and then after I've met him, then I'm gonna schedule an appointment with our um, both with our state house representative and with our our congressman. Yeah. Um, you know, because I feel like I I've earned. Right. And, and it's not like, look at me clout, but I feel like, you know, once I get up to 26, almost 30 years of service, like I've earned a meeting with you, bro. <laughs> not to, not to say it like that. I'll be respectful yeah. and everything, but like I've earned a meeting with you so I can say, Hey, I just want to let you know. It's kind of like when you like, when you were on travel, you know, when you were a senior chief and you're on travel, like you don't show up to somebody's base without like, like, Hey, uh, hey, man, I'm in town. I'll swing by the office, you know, do an office call. Right. You don't do that. And I kind of look at it the same way. But I, I had never thought of it until you said you went and met the mayor. Like, 100 percent, dude. Once once I retire, like that's that's like week one. I'm going to show up and go meet the mayor, you know, uh, just to let him know he's got a new vet in town. Right. Yeah. Hey, how can I help you? Right. That's right. All you right. That's all you got to say. How can I help you? Here's my card. You need anything. Yeah. I'm here for you. I love it. Yeah. The reason, and let me tell you how this whole Mark Sabal thing happened. Mm -hmm. I was in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And I said, shoot, if I'm going to Hawaii, I better hook up with the, uh, (laughs) who's the senior? No joke. Yeah. I wrote Mark an email Mm because I went to the website, Region Hawaii, CMC. There's his email. I wrote Mark an email. Right. Hey. CMC, I'm Enrique. I'm in, and, and Mark could tell you he remembers like he's smart. He's he's sharp. I'm Enrique. I'm in uh, I'm in Mississippi right now, but I'm going to Hawaii. I'll be the you know uh, command senior chief over at the Joint Typhoon Warning Center. Mm-hmm. You know my family and I. Boom, Nan. You know, and I named them out. Uh, we're gonna be there. We're probably gonna be on. You know, and and I just started like that, and I sent it. Yeah, he replied. Absolutely. Hey, ship me. Yeah. <laughs> ship me. All right, cool. Yeah. I can't wait to, you know, how he, he's all yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. can't wait for you to get here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get in, yeah, make sure you come up by the office. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it started. Yeah. So I did it in the Navy. 
Yeah, man. I, I did it out here. It's the same and method. It's, it's crazy. Like, I don't know why I've never thought of this, right? Like, I'm having like an epiphany <laughs> talking to you. Like, it's the same shit, man. Of course it is, right? <laughs> so, so it, but it goes back to the thing that we, that, that you highlight, right? Be interested in mm. them. Yeah. And, and doors will open like you have no idea. And maybe not, maybe not, right? Yeah. But even, I guarantee you, they're going to remember that last vet that came into their town, they're mm -hmm. going to remember. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, like, so I, I posted this on my, I do a lot of, um, a lot of stuff on Instagram, fuck clips, reels. That's where I get a lot of my traffic and stuff. And one of the things I talked about yesterday was the fact that, so for New Year's, we went to the Japanese shrine and at the Japanese shrine every New Year's, it's almost like a fortune, but it's, it's more, it's a little more um, uh, ceremonial. And so you'll get this, this kind of like paper. It'll tell you what you can expect for your health for the year, what you can expect for your money, things like that. Right. And it's kind of like it rates kind of like what your year is going to be like. And one of the things that, this past year that it kind of the advice that I was given basically, you know, mm -hmm. is do things to help other people and do not. And, and this is, this is normal advice, but do things to help other people and don't think about what you're going to get in return. Like, and if you do that, that more abundance will come to you. And I'll tell you, here we are in May of this year. And every time that I think about doing something, and, 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 and you, you know, human nature is like, but what am I going to get in return? What's the potential of return for this thing, right? And, and every time I have that thought, I just, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to do this thing, and I hope it's good for the person that I'm doing it for. And if I get some return on investment from it, that's great, right? But I'm not going to go into it thinking about what my ROI is going to be. And I'll tell you, man, it's a pretty, it's a pretty nice way to live life. You know, because I think that those people that like the mayor that you talk to, if you genuinely show up to them and say, how can I help? And then exercise, you know, your ability to help without asking for anything in return until, you know, until you need something like people just they know when people are being genuine in that way. Mm -hmm. And then they're more willing to want to help you. They're they're more prone to help you because they don't think you're in it for anything. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. If if you so I, while you was talking, I was thinking, if I asked a million people for a dollar, mm -hmm. and they all gave me a dollar, I would have a million dollars. Right. But if I asked a million people to give me what's in their heart, I'll have more than a million. Yeah. For sure, man. Absolutely. So when you when you go into something with a mindset on a quantity or what you're going to get back from it, that's what you'll get. Mm. And, you sh and you're basically shunning the possibility of getting your mind blown. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> from, yeah. from what will come if you went in it unexpected. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this, it's just this abundance and, and gratitude mindset is... You know, and a lot of people are talking about it these days, but there's a reason why a lot of people are talking about it is because this idea of scarcity and selfishness, um, it kind of got us to where we're at as a society, you know? And, and so like, 
the more people that can exercise this idea of gratitude and giving and selflessness, if we can all kind of start operating in that way, then I think that we can like help society improve pretty quickly, you know, um, because the people that don't behave that way are going to, are going to be marginalized. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a cheese mess, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man, let's, let's work together, you know? So, Hey man. So uh, bro, tell me, tell me kind of like what you have going right now, as far as, so, your, your, your company and, um, and, and what kind of services you offer. And then what do you, what do you see that turning into in the next, you know, five to 10 to, you know, 20 years? Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, when I got out, I was fortunate enough to get hired at a company that allowed me to actually play, play out my business plan. Nice. And they, I'm so grateful. I will always vouch for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, I am the owner of triad leadership solution. Imagine that, right? It's a beautiful <laughs> name. I love it. Beautiful name. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but I love the, 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 the synergy between the three. Right. Mm -hmm. And then also it kind of backed my, my, my faith background, right? <laughs> uh, the three yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. it just all married very well. So uh, in 2018, I established here in Florida Triad Leadership Solutions. We are a leadership development company that focuses on assessments, training, and mentorship. Uh, now we will gladly go to a company, train on their areas of that needs improvement, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, typically those around communication, um, conflict resolution, things like that, right? sure. things, little skirmishes that people have in the, in the offices, but primarily it is a, been a, a one-on-one -on -one coaching type of scenario. Uh, right now I have several clients that span basically, uh, U S and Europe. Nice. Right? And so, uh, it's, it's gone out of the states which i never i never expected but thanks to the pandemic right we do mm. have some things to thank yeah um of the uh, of the opportunity was uh was uh, broadened right yeah. so uh because now there's no borders really electronically right so yeah um so we we've been doing that and um so personal development leadership development career development, which is something that we all uh, share as a, a thing that we can do in the military. But uh, I was a career counselor for over 15 years. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did that. And that was one of my heart, heart works really. Yeah. And so I just translated that now. So uh, we've also been um, uh, now going on our fourth book. So we, uh, so I wrote two books I'm working on one and one is due to release in July. So, nice. um, so it's been good, uh, taking all of the leadership experiences and leadership knowledge that I've been able to attain throughout the years and putting that on paper, you know, my story, my version, right. right? Uh, so, th so that's been going on, um, had, uh, a couple of out of state conferences 
been doing conferences here locally in Orlando because this is kind of like the conference center of the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they they're here all the time, um, and 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 through all of that, created a couple of podcasts that are leadership centric, uh, one for military uh, folks and military spouses and first responders called the Leadership Void Podcast, and my main uh, one which is developing the leader within podcast i do aloha friday live and you know why aloha yeah. friday live absolutely uh, i'm an island boy yeah. um and so so it's been very very great post service mm-hmm. um i do miss the that that family uh dynamic right uh, uh like you mentioned earlier Hawaii was really where where we where I ended it all, and what a glorious way to go out! Yeah, uh, with that group of of people. I mean, yeah. it was just it was just amazing. Yeah. So kind of missed that because you don't get that here, but the veteran community here in Orlando is, is amazing, strong, amazing. Uh, and so I've been fortunate to land in a place where they value veterans where veterans value the, uh, each other and are always doing things um, and, uh, you know, and, and continue to serve on, on several platforms, doing mentors, Veterati, ACP, uh, the Rosie Network, Camaraderie Foundation here locally. And so that, that's my way to give back to those uh, veterans coming out and just kind of tasting the water on this side right. uh, to help them out uh, in any way that I can but it's, it's been, it's been great. I love it, man. And so sounds like you're busy. Sounds like you got quite a few irons in the fire, which is uh fantastic. Well, man. Out, out here, so in the military, we go irons on the fire. I hear we call them uh, uh, different uh, revenue streams. <laughs> <laughs> I've also, I've also heard that term. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, what I'm looking, I'm looking forward to having some revenue streams. Let's just put it that way. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, I, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny um, that just like you said, your career kind of came full circle, right? Orlando, Hawaii, back through Hawaii to Orlando. Um, I think that's the nature of, of, you know, things in general. And so I kind of feel like in a sense that my life is coming full circle just by reconnecting with you. And um, just like you kind of set an example for me in Hawaii, and I still got a few years left. Uh, I got some things I still need to do. Right. But just like you set that example for me in Hawaii about what was possible, I feel like you're setting that example for me again. And um, I'm just really 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 happy that we were able to reconnect and i hope that we can continue to kind of build this um you know offline and uh and and you know i've just always sincerely appreciated your your mentorship and just your kindness uh if i'm being totally honest uh enrique you just you're you're, you're what we call in the business a good dude right and um and i've just always genuinely like sincerely appreciated whatever interest that you've taken in, in me. Right. Um, it, it's, it's much appreciated brother. So, yeah. um, well, you, you're welcome. And, and, and worthy of it, man. You, you, 
I, I got pictures, right? I got pictures still here when you would sit at a table and, and I, you know, I was just snapping pictures, but I, there's one I, I took of you, uh, don't know exactly why I just kind of focused in on you, Yeah. but you know, it's, it's, it's that, that is the lot of the senior enlisted mm-hmm. to look out, look out for those that are coming up mm-hmm. that may just need a little tweak, a little conversation. A setting of an example, right? Yeah. Because if I didn't set the example, I don't think you would have even <laughs> paid attention, right? Like I've just, I've just been surfing, man. I've just been surfing. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you know. So I mean, it all starts there, right? How right. you set the example enough to have that type of conversation. But that's our lot, man. And and for those out there that are senior enlisted, uh, uh, take that with a bunch of honor and realize that people are always watching and all all they need is to see that person to recognize and say hold up maybe 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 i'm wrong about what i'm thinking look at this guy or look at this gal man you know uh and and we just had top-notch people uh, on the island i mean i don't if there were some I didn't see him because I was just too busy with the good ones. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah. So, um, Enrique, uh, I, it's been a pleasure having you on today, man. Um, I just, uh, it's, it's just been really nice talking to you and learning from you. Um, is there anything, any closing things you want to leave us with brother? Yeah. Don't, don't be afraid of the big water. Right? Don't be afraid. Uh, if you can swim in one foot, three foot, five foot, you can swim in six, seven, Mariana's Trench. Yeah. <laughs> right? You can. Um, and the world will seem like a big ocean uh, many times. And in a lot that we do. Don't go at it afraid. We're all going to have apprehensions. But if you do find yourself where you can't move because of fear, call out, call out. There are so many people that are willing to help. So call out and, uh, and, and, you know, Dean, it will be, uh, you can have, you can share my stuff. If if you need to call out all the way out to here to Orlando and, you know, that's a long, <laughs> a long place, but yeah, but still available. Yeah. Still available. Man. Yeah. Awesome. All right, brother. Um, I think we'll, we'll find a natural stopping point there. Um, I, I, again, I, I just really appreciate you and, uh, appreciate everything that you're doing and this, the example that you set for, for a lot of us. Okay. Um, for the listeners, Hey, thanks for, for joining us today. And, you know, I, I kind of end my podcast this way. Most of the time, if you're out there doing big things, you're trying to change your life. You're trying to, reach your maximum potential. You just got to keep going. Just keep going. Don't quit. Okay. Keep rising.